my name is Mal Curley. I'm the Chief Engineer for the Virginia Department of Transportation, and I also have the pleasure to um, chair the AASHTO Subcommittee on Bridges and Structures. The session you're at today is called The Life of a Bridge, um, but my wife and I were over at the Animal Kingdom the other day and went to see that bug show, so I'm going to rename this session It's Tough to Be a Bridge. Uh, you know, we uh, design bridges. The code now calls for 75 years for a certain load. We expect them to last forever, and we can put any loads that we want on it. So it, it is tough to be a bridge, and it's tough to be in the bridge program the last year or so, obviously, since the failure a year ago, uh, August 1st. I've had an opportunity since that time to say many times that the uh, bridges in the Commonwealth are safe, and I'm confident that uh, the bridges here in Florida are also safe. I'm going to quickly go through some brief introductions of all the speakers, then I'm going to let them come up um, We'll go through real quick. What I'd like to do is give each of you about 15 minutes. I will kick you at about 14 minutes when you're standing up here. And then what we'll do is, uh, depending on how it goes, we might have some questions, uh, have people have questions right after your uh, presentation. And then at the end, we'll give an opportunity also, hopefully, for everybody to ask questions. Uh, we have five speakers. We have four sessions. We're going to have a double team. Our first double team is... Um, Andrew uh, Pavlov with the Florida DOT. He is a uh, graduate of Virginia Tech. Uh, he wanted me to make sure I said that since I went to VMI and UVA. He was with New York uh, DOT for 11 years and also uh, been with Florida for 14 years. Uh, Jeff Pulletti with the Florida DOT uh, maintenance office. We'll be also speaking with him. Um, Jeff has been um, with the Florida DOT since uh, 1994, and he's a state maintenance structures engineer. He's going to be, uh, what did we say, the plus and the minus? Well, uh, we're going to talk about challenges. Oh, okay, he's a challenge. So um, uh, we'll go to that. Then after that, Rick Rinna from the Florida DOT will talk a little bit about the update of the AASHTO and FHWA Joint Task Force on the Bridge uh, Wave uh, Task Force that we have. The subcommittee recently passed that uh, fine work that you did, Rick, at our last meeting in uh, May. So we'll hear an update on that. Um, Mark uh, Bernhardt from uh, uh, Burgess and Knight will then discuss um, condition inspection of bridges. Uh, Mark has inspected, uh, what did you say, 5,000 bridges? 5,000 bridges. And he's a licensed uh, PE in 10 different states during that work. So he's going to give a a first-hand view on uh, bridge inspection. And finally, Richard Kerr with the, the Florida DOT Maintenance Office will discuss uh, service life of bridges. So let's get it started. Andre, will you come on up? Uh, it's tough to be a bridge. Thank you, Mel. <clears throat> um, I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, load rating and load and the resistance factor rating in particular, the AASHTO code for that. After that, uh, Jeff is going to get up and talk about uh, permitting overweight vehicles. Uh, I'm going to briefly touch on about five different things. Um, primarily, it's going to be about uh, FDOT's implementation of load and resistance factor rating, load and resistance factor rating to complement to load and res resistance factor design for bridges that you all might be familiar with. Um, talk about how we implemented it in Florida, 
and how we implement it to ensure that we get a, a, a really long service life, at least 75 years, uh, according to the code. Uh, the first two uh, bullets there are, are pretty much our policies and procedures, and then the last three bullets, our relative rating vehicle, our exceptions, and our load rating documentation. I'm just going to give you some examples of how we did some of that. Uh, Ashto, prior to 2003, used the, uh, the Manual for Condition Evaluation of Bridges. That was subsequently replaced in 2003 by the Manual for Condition Evaluation and Load and Resistance Factor Rating of Highway Bridges. Mal, how did we ever get that title? Uh, I was absent that day. <laughs> anyway, that, that, uh, that manual is going to be retired. It was supposed to be retired in July of this year. It's going to be retired, uh, or it's going to be sub, um, supplanted by the Manual for Bridge Evaluation. That's something everybody can live with. And that's supposed to be published in November of 2008, and we're all looking forward to that. Uh, so in addition to those manuals, what we use in Florida, we have two additional manuals to that. One is the Structures Manual, and uh, the other one is the Bridge Load Rating, Permitting, and Posting Manual. And you might ask why we have two manuals. Well, one, the Structures Manual deals specifically with code issues and the AASHTO code. Um, the second manual, the Bridge Load Rating, Permitting, and Posting Manual, that one deals with our policies and procedures, how to report our load rating, and how to post a bridge. And I'll talk a little bit about uh, the first. It was a, um, it took us a couple of years to implement load and resistance factor rating in, in Florida. Uh, we adopted it initially um, on, in January 2005, right before we let the, the project for the replacement of the I-10 Escambia Bridge, the design build project that replaced the bridge that got washed out by Hurricane, Hurricane Ivan. Um, in December 2000, and then uh, after that, after that January, we, uh, we refined some of our procedures. <clears throat> we had a load rating summit in December of 2005, but, um, but about two months earlier than that, we hired uh, Dr. Dennis Mertz from the University of Delaware. He's one of the original authors of the Load and Resistance Factor Design Code. He came down and helped us out, uh, gave us a lot of opinions on what, how he thought it should be implemented, and also made sure we didn't make any, uh, any dumb mistakes. He left uh, right around in March of 2006, and that's when we published our current Structures Manual Volume 8 that deals with load and resistance factor rating. Uh, then, then subsequent to that, we posted uh, the, the load rating manual was published, and now we're awaiting the manual for bridge evaluation. That should be not July of 2008, but uh, November. One of the first things we did, and was a big bone of contention with load and resistance factor rating, was... Uh, was coming up a way of, of uh, looking at what we had done in the past. Um, the, loading the loadings were not the same with LRFR as they were previous to that. So what we came up with is, was this relative rating vehicle. Some call it a relative rating load. This is nothing really more than a version of the HS20 truck that's been in the bridge design code since, uh, since at least 1940s. Um, so that was a vehicle that we stuck in, Florida-specific vehicle. Uh, another thing that we looked at was some of the load factors in the code. With the help of uh, Dr. Mertz, we looked at uh, what we had in there. And based on previous, previous practice, we took the load factors that were in the code, and we're just going to use 1.35. That's consistent with our past practice. 
It makes things a lot easier. And in the future, we're going to be looking at this load factor and doing some research to further refine it. That was one way we modified the AASHTO code. Another way we modified the code was looking at permit load factors. There's a bunch of different factors in here similar to the legal loads, depending on what your traffic volume is. We simplified it. We just used 1.35 in Florida. Getting back to the main topic of this series of presentations is improving the service life of bridges. We looked at the service limit state. In the AASHTO code, when looking at pre-stressed concrete bridges, this is a paragraph right out of the code. It says using the service three limit state is considered optional. In Florida, we make it mandatory. We want to know when the bridge is going to crack because cracks reduce service life. So that's another example of how we changed the code. Shear evaluation. The AASHTO code says you should do a shear evaluation for permit loads. What we did, we changed that. It's a shall in Florida. We want to know, again, when the bridge is going to crack. We don't want corrosion, and we want to achieve at least that 75-year service life. Some of the other things we did in Florida with reference to the code is we looked at system factors. We wanted to make sure that for a redundant bridge, one that has multiple load paths, that the bridge gets credit for that. And for bridges that have a superstructure that's non-redundant, that the system factors are reduced for that kind of bridge. So we added about two or three tables on system factors. The other thing that was of a major concern was how to widen a bridge. When you have a bridge that doesn't meet today's code but meets a code of 10 years ago, should that bridge be replaced, or is there a way to accept that? We came up with a couple ways of retaining or keeping a bridge that was just below the margin of LRFD. So what we said was that if you go and widen a bridge, if it doesn't meet today's code, if it met the code of the load factor design code of the 1990s, then it's all right. It's all right to widen. Another thing that you could do is you could use some refined distribution methods. And the next one was a good one that Dennis Mertz came up with. He said, well, if you get a load rating and you didn't get a value of 1 and you got .95, that's close enough because, after all, the load rating is just a bunch of numbers. That's what Dr. Mertz told us. So we stuck that in. .95 is as good as 1, just a bunch of numbers. And in a worst-case scenario, if you've got a service limit state that basically tells you when the bridge is going to crack and you have a load rating that tells you that the bridge should be cracked and it's not, well, then you can rule out the service limit state check. So these were a lot of things that we mashed around for many, many months. All in all, the Florida DOT's version of the LRFR, the Load and Resistance Factor Manual, is about 25 pages long, and that's pretty much what we got. It got complicated, so we did some extra documentation. We put in some load rating plan sheets and some other summary sheets to help the poor guy that has to do these load ratings. This is an example of what one of the sheets looked like, 
And then zooming in, you can see that we specifically tell you the limit states, the truck to use, and the load factors to try to help engineers out and also provide some consistency. Well, that's really just a very quick overview of what we've done as far as load rating goes in Florida. If you have any questions. Any questions? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, counsel. The case just argued will be submitted.